0: You know, baseball's changed a lot in recent years, and I'd like to think that I've been mostly receptive to the better percentage of it. Not this. Not today's subject. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm David Twitch of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you pick this up. Marlins 6, Pirates 5 in 10 innings yesterday. There are so many bad things to say about this game that I could probably fill several episodes of it. And I know there's some good in there too. Some, you know, comebacks and so forth. Mitch Keller pitched great there. That I'll throw in uh, as a special mention. I thought Mitch just continued to look like a guy who has just magically learned how to pitch at some point between the second week of May and the fourth week of May, and he hasn't taken his foot off the gas since then. Good for him. But the game ended with a whole lot of bad at-bats. And they were bad at-bats earlier, but I'm okay with letting those go because they were facing Sandy Alcantara, and this is one of the best pitchers on the planet. And he sure looked like it. He was pumping a 99-mile-an-hour fastball and then counterbalancing it with a 93-mile-an-hour changeup that was probably even more wicked. Uh, He didn't even really need to use a third pitch all that often, although he'd occasionally mix in a slider. So great. He's going to make people look bad. And when the Pirates have men all over the bases, which they did a couple of times after... Uh, An O'Neal Cruz monster home run off of Alcantara, and it was quite the thing to behold coming off a 99.4-mile-an-hour fastball and then smacking off that high fence above the Clemente wall seating section. You know what I'm talking about? The mesh fence back there that's the last thing that keeps it from heading out into Riverland? Yeah, he hit that. Well, the club would, uh, through various forms, most of them ugliness on Miami's part, get guys on the base paths and the pirates would bring someone to the plate with either no outs or one out man on third man on second, whatever it was. And they would take the same bleeping approach at the plate that they would, if it was nobody out in a tie game in the fourth inning and they were leading off it just no change whatsoever. And look, Again, I'm open to progress, to change, and to hearing why it's better. I won't always agree with it, but I won't turn my nose up at it just because it's change. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, everyone should choke up on the bat the way Pete Rose did, or Joe Morgan, or Wade Boggs, or Rod Carew, or Tony Gwynn, or Well, how many more truly great hitters can I name in this sentence? Because that's what we're talking about here. These are guys who excelled not only at hitting in the more conventional sense, power and doubles. They weren't huge home run guys, but they knew how to put the bat on the ball, and they knew how to to fend off different types of pitches in different locations to make sure that they had their entire strike zone covered. And as a result, they could hit to all fields. And further as a result, as a lot of old-timers are fond of pointing out, there's no shift that could have handled them. Not any of them. No one would have needed to ban the shift, as Major League Baseball is apparently intent on doing next season if these guys were still the prototype for what constitutes a great hitter. Alas, they aren't. Because now everybody's being instructed to swing with launch angle and to swing for the fences. Yes, even when your game is on the line. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street, Yesterday, the Pirates are down by a couple. There's two outs. And Yoshi Tsutsugo, to his credit, I've been rough on him and probably going to continue to be rough on him because he's just not very good at baseball. But he drops a two-run single into the outfield. And what do you know? There's Yoshi standing at second with just one out. He's the potential walk-off run. You know how they talk about situational baseball? This is the situation at hand. Okay, this is the situation for which you would imagine that there could be an adjustment, that there could be something different that the hitter tries or that the hitter is instructed to try. Well, first, Derek Shelton pinch hits Jason DeLay, who is kind of that type of hitter for some insane reason. To put Diego Castillo out there. Against right handed pitchers, DeLay was batting 385 and Castillo was batting 153. So only about 250 points separated them in this category. Nonetheless, Castillo gets sent up there. And Castillo, even though he's got a guy on second and can win the game just by finding some grass somewhere, goes swinging out of his shoes course swinging out of the zone the last two strikes were both well below the zone and now there's two outs next comes Kevin Newman the king of soft contact Newman does the exact same thing he doesn't swing with the same force that Castillo does because he doesn't have a swing that's the force of Castillo's but he doesn't take anything off of his either the game is on the line no adjustment is made. I asked Shelton after the game if it's even possible in today's hitting environment to tell a hitter to try something different, to shorten up a little bit, to just try to poke a ball somewhere. This was his reply. Yeah, I mean, the difference with second, third there is you got the best pitcher in baseball on the mound. Right. That guy's electric. I mean... He threw – I don't know how many pitches he threw at 100, but he's throwing at 100. He's throwing a changeup that's probably as good as anybody in the game. So it's – I mean, this guy's got three weapons, and, you know, his record I and mean, his ERA – I mean, what's his ERA, like 1-7? Yeah, uh, I think it's that range. reason for – so the initial part of that question, yeah, I mean, to make contact, it's, it is important off this guy. It's extremely challenging because he's coming at you with multiple weapons. Okay, look, he didn't actually answer the question. He went off something about, as you heard – uh, Alcantara and how tough he was early on, and you know what? he's free to answer the question however it is that he pleases, just as I'm free to ask it however it is that I please. That's the nature of that relationship. Wonderful in the clubhouse a few minutes later, I asked Ben Gamble, who had nothing to do with this, and I made clear to Ben before asking him this so he wouldn't take it as you know as if I'm rolling somebody under the bus here, if hitters can. If he can, in this modern environment, you know, shorten up a little bit, try something different, and this was his response. I mean, I think it kind of depends on who you ask, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, situationally, mm-hmm. you know, you want to you want to play the game. I think, you know, pretty much uh, the game always tells us what we need. Um, yeah, you know, people get lost in launch angle, and you know, pitchers are really good, so. I just, especially today. <laughs> you know, it's, for me, a launch angle is a contact point. You know, if I catch a ball where I want to, it's going to go. If not, you know, it's, you know, not going right. to. Um, but do you find yourself at times like where you just say, you know, no, I, I don't, I don't pay attention to that. And no, I just try and just take my same swing, try and get my A swing off it. And then, you know, obviously, you know, battle with two strikes, but it's like they're keeping it a secret or something. Like, you can't get a straight answer out of anybody, and I've tried this with a lot of different people, uh, including Daniel Vogelback just before he was traded. You know, is there any situation in which you can just try something different? And as you heard Gamble at least begin to say, well, there are some guys, and then I'm sure he probably started thinking to himself how few of them there are who can do that, but there aren't many. It's not just a lost art. It's a lost edict. No one teaches it. Look, I know if you follow baseball beyond just what takes place in Pittsburgh, you're probably saying to me right now, hey, what are you doing here? Meaning to me, this happens everywhere. This isn't just the Pirates. And you're right. But the reason I'm saying this is, do you remember the actual intent the actual fuel behind Moneyball. It wasn't to get walks or this or on base percentage or whatever. Those were just symptoms. What they were looking to do was to exploit market inefficiencies. Remember that from the book? Exploit market inefficiencies. I am telling you right now that if there's a team anywhere that decides to all of a sudden whip up a whole bunch of really smart, shorten-up situational hitters and say to heck with it with the home run, that team's going to win 110 games. Mark my words. When we come back, J1Q... J1Q comes from Josh Sherkle, who asks, do you see a scenario where Derek Shelton doesn't finish out the full term of his contract? 2023 doesn't seem like the year the Pirates are going to make their push either. And this all feels like a John Russell before Clint Hurdle scenario, placeholder until the next level. Josh, one pattern that I've definitely picked up on in Shelton's tenure, here is that when things go well, he doesn't get any credit for it other than that they play hard. And even that, you don't give him too much credit for because they're all guys who are fringe minor leaguers, except for a couple. So, of course, they're playing hard. And the other one is that when things don't go well, this is the first subject that comes up that he is, how did you put it, a placeholder, that he is just that guy who leads the revolution, but doesn't lead the next government. There are things about Shelton's game management that can be really, really significant head scratchers. I mentioned one of them in the opening segment with the pinch hitting for Jason DeLay. While I understand that even the manager of a first-place team is going to have his share of head scratchers, some of these have been whoppers. You know, the Cam View situation earlier in the year, some of the the wacky lineups, uh, even setting aside the influence that Ben Charrington and the Pirates needs to showcase and try out players on a constant basis this year, those are largely responsible for that, but not entirely responsible for it. I have done more than my share of criticizing of Shelton. However, my answer to that question will be for the foreseeable future that I have no idea. Because, Josh, until they turn the page collectively, until they flip the script to prioritizing little more than the game that's being played right in freaking front of them, it's hard to say. You know, I go back to that game at Dodger Stadium that you could tell the Pirates kids, and that's all they were out there, if you'll recall, in L.A. for that series, wanted that so bad. And here comes Bednar, and things didn't go well for him in the eighth, and he's going to take the ball and go out for the ninth, and you're thinking, no way. No way is Shelton going to let him do that. If he does, it's just going to be for a couple pitches. And then he keeps going and keeps going, and his pitch count ends up at 50. But he ends up with the W. And the reaction that you saw from everyone in that dugout told the story of a team basically influencing the manager to prioritize the game that was right in front of them. And he went along with it. And I respected that. And I just, that's just not enough. You know, it's not enough because the overall management, their priorities are something completely different than the games that they're watching. I don't do a whole lot of cross promotion on these shows, meaning between podcasts and the columns that I write. But man, if you haven't read anything that I've written in the calendar year 2022, uh, I would ask you kindly to go check out the piece that's at the top of DK Pittsburgh Sports this morning. It's a column that I wrote about this management's approach, this really casual, nonchalant, secondary concern approach that they have toward winning games and how difficult I think it's going to be for them if and when they ever do take this process seriously to just all of a sudden be that, uh, how did you call it there, that next level. So I don't know if Shelton has that next level in him because we haven't seen it yet. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe Charrington doesn't. I have no idea. That's gotta that's gotta happen, you know? I think it's gotta happen. I thought it should happen this year. So I'm definitely gonna think it should happen next year. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Hires. We'll do another one tomorrow.